Welcome to Mental Stillness. My name is Derek and I am excited that somehow you stumbled across this podcast. Welcome to episode five of Mental Stillness. I think the target audience for today's conversation is going to be a manager. It's going to be someone who supervises other people. That being said, I still want you to listen to this. If you are maybe in a certain role or maybe you're in a season of leadership where you haven't started leading other people yet, maybe you're newer in your career or you just have just a dynamic of of your role is just different where you're a little bit more on your own than necessarily leading people or, or on a broader team. I still want you to hear this because I feel like your role is going to change. It's very rare that someone stays in a certain role their entire career. You're going to be in situations where you have to lead other people. So I believe this conversation is really healthy for you to hear. Earlier this year, an organization called Workforce Institute came out with a report. And they wanted to find out what has the greatest influence on employee mental health. And their findings were beyond fascinating. Here's what the report concluded. Managers have a greater influence on employee mental health more than therapists, more than doctors. And managers have such a level of influence that's equal to spouses, partners, and significant others. I'm going to say that again because I know when I first came across that, and probably because I'm a therapist and I felt like a little bit of a kick in the gut, if I'm being honest, managers have greater influence on employee mental health than therapists, than doctors. And so when I think about that from a leadership lens, that's really encouraging because to me that feels like opportunity. And what I mean is, if you are a people leader, if you are a manager, a supervisor, you have the ability to influence somebody in their mental health in ways that absolutely is going to make them a better employee that's producing more, that's more engaged. But it also goes beyond just their role at your company. You're impacting someone's personal life, the mom, the dad the aunt, the uncle, that's going to benefit their family, that's going to benefit the broader community. I don't know where you are in your career, but I know for me, this makes a lot of sense when I reflect back on past managers and past supervisors. Early on in my career, I had an internship at a nonprofit organization If I'm being honest, the only time I really heard from my supervisor was when there was something that they really didn't want to do. And so that internship was a lot of custodial duties, which I'm not saying I'm above that. But this specific internship was supposed to be replacing some classes. I'm not sure that that my university would have truly been okay if they would have known just how much custodial duties I was doing. But on the other hand, I've had some amazing managers that care just as much about me as a person 
than about my productivity and my role. I didn't feel like the only value I brought was my productivity. I felt like I was welcomed, embraced, cared for as a person. And I know my mental health benefited from that. I hope I've made the case why it's so important for managers to be thinking about the mental health of their employees. I wanted to give the managers listening five practical next steps that you can take to prioritize the mental health of your people. And I wanted to make them memorable. And so it's going to be in a list of A, B, C, D, and E. The A is ask. I want you to have a daily check-in with your people. And at this daily check-in, I want you to ask this question. What do you need from me today? This is going to give your people an opportunity, real time, to share if there is a pressing need. This is creating an opportunity for connection and conversation. You may have some people, you probably will have some people who don't make a request of you. However, the benefit of you taking the time almost ritualistically and asking what the need is, is going to add value. And when the need does arise, which it will, who do you think is going to immediately come to the top of their mind for support and help? It's going to be the person who has been daily asking them. And at this same time, when you're asking them, what do you need from me today? You can also give an update. If they made a request from you earlier in the week, you can give them a 10-second update on what you've done, what's in motion, how you're trying to accommodate the request that was made. So that's the first. Ask. That's our A. The next is B, and that stands for brief. Don't feel like you have to make this a long, drawn-out meeting. It honestly shouldn't be, or you're missing the point. You want to keep it short. You want to keep it concise. Your team has a ton on their plate, but taking 30 seconds to a minute to check in can go a long way. C, creative. Maybe you're in a work environment where person-to-person, face-to-face just isn't going to work. The dynamics aren't there. You work in different places and different venues and, and you're not in proximity with one another. Maybe you can use Slack. Maybe you can use a voice memo. I know in the past for me, I've sent out questions or encouragement through a voice memo that people can listen when they get a minute to listen to it. It doesn't have to be real time. Whatever it looks like for you, video, audio, Slack, group message, just get creative. So that's our C, creative. D, difficult. That stands for difficult conversations. Those do not need to happen in daily check-ins. Difficult conversations need to be in more formal settings. There's several reasons for this. The first is that you're going to have more time to unpack what you need to unpack. A daily check-in is going to be way too fast to dump something challenging on somebody and then leave them to kind of deal with it. I think difficult conversations, unless it's urgent and has to happen, if it can wait... Do it in a more formal monthly meeting. This gives you time to unpack what you need to unpack. You can make sure that you each have clarity as to what the next steps are, the expectations. And then it also gives you a whole nother month to evaluate how did this employee 
implement what we talked about? How are they proactive in making this change? You're going to get more data to evaluate. That's going to enhance your coaching. The fifth one is E, evaluate. Find a system, find a way to have evaluation with your people to see if their needs truly are being met. How are the daily check-ins going? The voice memos you've been getting, the text messages, or the face-to-face, how is that helpful? Is there a better question I could be asking? Instead of what do you need from me today, is there a different question that comes to mind that's more pressing for you? What about the monthly meetings? What about the last time we had a hard conversation? Do you feel like you had the ability to walk away with clarity? Do you feel like I've been holding you accountable? Do you feel like there's been balance between compliments and challenges? All of these are the type of things that need to be evaluated. And if your people are being honest with you, they're probably going to have different feedback because they're all different individuals that have different needs. But we don't know how to best lead them unless we ask. So here's the five things I want you to try to enhance your employees' mental health. Ask what their needs are. Be brief. Be creative. Difficult conversations need to be handled differently. And evaluate how you're doing in caring for your people. I'm confident that these five steps will help you be the best manager possible and create the highest probability that your employees will feel mentally cared for in the workplace.